Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 669, recorded live on January 23rd, 2021. And here are your hosts, the man who will hopefully play a game with me, Dave Pillay. Are we doing this again? <laughs> and the man who has something in his hands, Andy Lowe. Hi. Is it bigger than a bread box? No. Is it... Smaller than your phone. No. So it's between a phone and a bread box. What what game am I playing, Andy? I was going to say just 20 questions. Oh, okay, I actually am playing 20 questions. Uh, is it electronic? No. Is it something that you consume? Yes. Is it a beverage? Yes. Is it alcoholic? No. Is it sweet? Yes. Is it a Pepsi product? Yes. Is it a form of Mountain Dew? Yes. Is it Mountain Dew Baja Blast? No. Is it a seasonal flavor? Oh, now I you gotta go check. Yeah, I gotta go check. <laughs> is it a cool color or a warm color? I guess like it's yes or no questions, right? Yeah. Is it a cool color? On the color scale of like, you know, blues and greens are cool, reds and oranges are hot. It is a permanent flavor. Okay, I'm still waiting on the, the oh. cool. Let's see, cool versus warm colors. Let's see, where is it on the spectrum? Ooh. Ooh. Do you have like a color wheel that you're looking at at this yeah, point? Yeah, I'm looking at a color wheel. Um, I'm going to say it's a cool color. Is it a white color? No. I like it. So it's, is it purplish? Not not really, no. See, I'm running up against the edge of what I know of Mountain Dew. Is it bluish? No. Is it greenish? No. Is it yellow? No. So it's not purple, blue, green, or yellow. What the fuck cool color do you have, Andy? <laughs> uh, I would actually, being a T-Mobile subscriber, I would call it magenta. The fuck is a magenta Mountain Dew? Major Melon? Yes. I'm looking at a list of Mountain Dew flavors. That is not a cool color, sir. Magenta and reds are warm colors. They are? Well, this is random. Magenta is on the opposite side of the color wheel from green. (laughs) Okay, I'll give you its warm color. Go Google. Is magenta a warm or cool color? There we go. Magenta, warm or cool. Okay, never mind. Don't don't Google that. (laughs) The first thing says, like, magenta's a cool color. I call bullshit on that because they're not talking about magenta. They're talking about purple. Laura wants to weigh in on this. Hang on. Magenta is a warm color from Laura. This website, just paint.org, is dumb because they're talking about pigment. And what they're calling magenta is the combination of blue and red, which is purple. I don't trust any color wheel that has orange between red and yellow. Regardless, how many questions was that? I stopped counting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well you started getting the sure color we you started just naming off colors and i'm like oh i'm looking at it. i go no it's not that color i'm pretty sure it was under 20 i think i got it under 20 all right i'm looking up i just found the wikipedia article for magenta yeah the color that doesn't actually exist uh, no that's not helpful <clears throat> The ISCC descriptor is vivid purplish red. Okay. But yes, no, Major Melon, um, <clears throat> which was officially released in stores on January 4th this year, is in my hands now. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it out. How is it? I don't know. I'm literally opening it up as we speak. <laughs> you, oh, you've never, you haven't tried it before. How does it smell, Andy? Right? We wow. got to do like the whole experience, right? What's the nose feel? The nose feel is a freaking watermelon Jolly Rancher. Okay. So now I, I believe you like pour it into a glass and like swirl it around to aerate it. <laughs> so what? I can let all the carbonation out? I don't know. Yeah, man, that just, that smell is literally <clears throat> a watermelon Jolly Rancher. Yep. So here's my favorite thing about the color magenta. I'm going to send you a picture, right? Okay. It is this. Copy image. Go here and paste it. And what I'm sending you is the color spectrum of light. Yeah, I know. It's not technically on there. Yeah. So where the fuck is it? (laughs) It's not in the spectrum. There is no spectrum color magenta. It is entirely a invention by our brains. There isn't a wavelength 
for magenta. It is just the absence of green. You know, I, I, it, it's almost like it doesn't really have a flavor. It's outside of the smell. Wait, it's a Mountain Dew without a flavor? The flavors in that stuff is so cloyingly overpowering. What do you mean it doesn't have a flavor? Or do you just like, you can't taste it? I can't taste it. It's just, you know, I hit the, the you, you, you bring your nose up to it and you hit that, you hit that watermelon Jolly Rancher smell. And then I like, I'm drinking it and I'm just like, so it, do, it doesn't taste like watermelon Jolly Ranchers unless where you know do that. I go to get one of these? Do I have to, do I have to go buy, like pick up a bottle? Is it in the stores? Yeah, it should be in the stores now. Debating because I know Hy-Vee is open right now. <laughs> That's a mile drive to get there and turn around and come back. That would make you wait for, let's see, plus getting into the store. Probably take a good, like, 20 minutes round trip. I don't know if I'm going to leave you here for 20 minutes. No, right. don't do well, that. I guess I'll have to go try it sometime this week. I'm, I, you know, I... When is the Mountain Dew sampler pack come out? There are way too many flavors to invest in like 12 packs of each of them or two liters of each of them. Assuming you can even get most of them in two liter form. I think most of them are only in cans. <clears throat> well, my, my, you know, and then especially now since they're going to be coming out with not only Baja Blast, but Baja Flash and Baja Punch this summer, supposedly. Those sound like cheater methods. Baja what is Baja Punch? Okay, so let's see. Baja. Is that like, did they did they really just remarket Hawaiian punch? Baja bunch. Uh, do with a blast of natural and artificial tropical punch flavor. So probably. And then Baja. So it's goddamn Hawaiian punch. Baja flash is pineapple coconut flavor. <clears throat> pineapple coconut flavor? Mm-hmm. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> I, did we cover it on the show that Mountain Dew was originally a mixer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I still, when it's an open bar at some place, I ask them if they have Mountain Dew. Because you just want Mountain Dew instead of Well, no, no. Because if, it, if it's an open or... bar, then I will, you know, if it's an open bar, then I'll be like, do you have Mountain Dew? And they'll be like, yes. And I'm like, okay, I'll have a Mountain Dew and whiskey. Ah. And then I tip them really well on that first one. And then, you know, because it's, it's an odd drink mix. And if I'm a good tipper right off the bat, then I, you know, normally I'm like smooth sailing for the rest of the event. You got to, you know, you got to introduce yourself as like that. Oh, it's it's you again. Yep, here you go. I mean, but the second time when you like don't tip well, do they not turn around I just, and be like, I just oh, tip, okay. tip, tip the normal amount the second time. Ah. Would you like to try it? Hold on, Kate's going to try it. Okay. Andy says it doesn't have much taste. She's going back for a second drink. Definitely melanin. Yeah. Jolly Rancher. There you go. You see? All right. So they, they just took the flavor of Jolly Rancher and liquefied it and put it into a can. Yeah. yeah that's what I... That's or a bottle. Like, yeah, a bottle. They put they took a watermelon Jolly Rancher and put it in a bottle. I mean, that is like one of my favorite Jolly Ranchers. Well, then you're going to love... You can just open up this can and just, you know, waft it into your nose and you'll be all set. Or drink it. Or drink Could it. Could I drink it? I don't know, man. That that bottle just looks weird, though. Mountain Dew debuts new watermelon flavor. Well, what, I'll keep an eye out for it. What's really I funny, though, is I didn't know how this was going to taste. So I have the that retro Coke can that I got at my Coca-Cola Insiders Club mm-hmm. as, like, the backup. I don't. I didn't know if this was going to be good or not. In case this was like terrible. Yeah. In case this was what was that whiteout or uh, whiteout and frostbite and um. Oh, yeah. There was. Ugh. Yeah, and then oh, there's also going to be another one coming out this summer, supposedly the Riddler's Brew. Is this a Batman tie-in? Yes, it was, was actually supposed to be a tie-in with the upcoming movie, The Batman. Huh. Which is a different Batman than the DCEU Batman, right? This isn't this isn't Ben Affleck Batman. No, this was um oh that guy from Twilight Batman. That guy from Twilight Batman. I don't like those words strung Robert together, Patterson. Andy. I don't like those words strung together, Andy. <laughs> Can we not? <laughs> well, if COVID's any indicator, it's probably not gonna be for a while. I mean, I we could friend. use that as a we could use that as a, a jumping in. Well, I was going to say I have a friend who um, the the local movie theater is doing like theater rentals for a hundred bucks. Oh, and um, so she was Mich- Michigan's actually open. Well, the theaters are back open, but actually, starting next month, you can actually order concessions while at the theater. What crazy! I know. <laughs> 
But she was talking about doing the um, the rental and seeing if they would play the Ig Nobel Awards as a like way to have a bunch of people go see it where we could all socially distance. So you said we could take that as a segue? Yes, because <laughs> um, a bunch of the movies have been delayed again. Well, yeah, because there's a pandemic. Yeah. And going to the movies is generally a bad idea right now. You have an entire industry built up around the idea of bringing people to a single room together. So yeah, so James Bond got delayed. Uh, Ghostbusters got delayed. Uncharted got delayed. Uh, Peter Rabbit, Cinderella, <laughs> Morbius got the, delayed. The like Spider-Man villain Morbius? Yes. I think they're going along the line of um, Venom with that one. Right. Yep. Because they're like, Sony can evidently do Spider-Man movie villain movies, but they can't do Spider-Man movie. I don't know. It's a whole mess at this point. God only it's, knows what's about to happen. It's hilarious because probably movie. all these contracts were signed back in like, you know, probably when the Blade movie came out originally. <laughs> That's that's probably when it was. It was like okay, the Blade movie came out, and so like you know, original Blade movie, the, the like from the mid nineties Blade movie. Yeah, right? no, they didn't sign Venom and Morbius in the mid nineties, Andy. Well, no, but I'm talking about the convoluted, mm. you know, superhero movie contracts with that Sony. Sony got like X Y Z, Fox yeah. had ABC. Yep. I mean, maybe I don't know. Uh, when. Did Sony get Spider-Man? Sony acquired the film rights to Spider-Man in 1999, and with that would have come uh, Morbius and Venom, right? Because they're part of the Spider-Man franchise. Yes. God, Sony has been holding on to that for 22 years. Didn't somebody make like a really bad Fantastic Four movie just to hold on to the contract for it? Fox. Did it was it Fox that did that? I mean Fox has made several Fantastic Four movies. Well I know, but I think like somebody back sometime I think it like <sighs> I swear I sw- might have been Fantastic Four. <laughs> and other media. Okay, yeah, here we go. Nineteen ninety four. The Fantastic Four was not was filmed, but not released to theaters or on home video. It was made because Constantin Film owned the film rights and would have lost it if it failed to begin production by a certain deadline. So they made a crappy movie just that they never h- released. Nope. Just to hold on to the rights. Yes. Makes sense. That makes total sense. According to the producers. Doesn't make sense. That's, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> Uh, yeah, according to the producer, Marvel purchased the film for a few million dollars. Yeah. Probably just to get it out of circulation. I had to look up when something entered public domain today. Not today, this week. And I was very disappointed. Copyright law is messed up. I posted that on Facebook, like, <laughs> a little bit ago, I know. right? I know. I'm aware. I was looking at... Um, Chronicles of Narnia. Ah. Any guesses when Chronicles of Narnia goes into public domain? The book or the movies or what? The story. The story. Which would be the book, right? Like, yeah. Because that's see. the first part of it. Okay, so C.S. Lewis was around the same time that Tolkien was around. Oh, geez. So that's probably not going <clears> to <throat> be till what, 20, 20, 2064 or something like that, probably? I think it was like closer to 2049 for Lion, oh. the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Public domain. Wasn't he British, though, or no? Yep. Assuming the proper renewals have been made, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe won't fall into public domain until 2045. In the UK, it's protected until 2033. So in 12 years, in the UK, you can do whatever you want with it. But in the US, you it's still protected. Mm-hmm. That's the other fun bit now. How does that work? Like, if I make a movie of it in the UK, can I not distribute that in the US? No, you'd have to get the right Without contract. a license? Yeah, you'd basically have to be licensed for movie distribution in the United States. So what if I release it for free in the UK and I say, hey, if you like what we're doing, drop a tip in the tip jar. Is that legal? I, I, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> and he's like, Dave, I'm not a goddamn copyright lawyer. Well, why not, Andy? 
I count on you to know these things. You're my go-to guy on copyright information. So not only do I have to know copyright, I have to know international copyright law. International but... copyright law. Yeah, no. No, not gonna, not gonna fly. No. Okay. Um, well, it's kind of sad that those those movies are Ghostbusters Afterlife. That was the the like the, the Ghostbusters the movie redo. with not yeah the extension with the original cast. Have they said when they're moving that to? Uh, let's see. Um, da, da, da. Man, these films are gonna make a lot of money when they finally come out. Oh, let's see. Uh, James Bond, October... Uh, November 11th. I see it. Yep. Yeah. James Bond, October 8th. Yep. Uncharted, featuring Tom Holland as Nathan Drake. I don't know if that's... I... Okay. I need to play the Uncharted series. Yes. Yes, so do I. (laughs) I clearly, clearly need to... I have... Right here, in my hand, Uncharted, the Nathan Drake Collection, PlayStation 4, only on PlayStation, PlayStation hits, a, it's the three games combined into one, still sealed. I think I bought it on, like, Black Friday, and I just haven't put it in, I haven't even opened it yet to put it into the, the PlayStation. I should do that. All right, well, everyone, thanks very much. I'm going to go play some video, no, um... This is my unboxing video. <laughs> Wait. Does that work on a podcast? That's the new fad, right? The, the unboxing video? I guess it's not new. It's been around for a while. Yeah, no, that's that's not new at all. <laughs> so, a Quiet so, Place Part 2. So, Dave, um, speaking of video games. Yeah. Uh, what the hell was happening with GameStop? <laughs> Because I'm, I'm, um, try- I'm trying to read this financial... A pump and dump. Honest to God, it's a pump and dump of, like, Reddit. So, so what Plus, I'm... Plus, it's okay, a short just, squeeze. Yeah, yeah. Plus, so me, it's... Go ahead. So what this is what I'm trying to think is the fact that somebody was trying to short GameStop stock. People prior are, to that... Hang on. Prior to that, back in early December... um. There were a couple threads on Wall Street bets, and I know this because I read them, <laughs> saying, hey, this, do you remember this was when GameStop stock like kicked up for a little bit, and then it sort of hovered and came back down? Mm-hmm. Uh, let me go find when that was. Right, that was last six months, so that would have been, oh god, was that even in August? That might have been in August or October. Like, early October is when they started doing stuff, and like, the stock really started kicking up, and then it hovered around, and then they had a crappy week, and then it, like, dropped in early December. So right after it dropped in early December, um, there was some Wall Street bets threads of like, look, this stock is going to take off, because here's what's going to happen. They're going to report losses, they're going to report this crappy thing, and the guy who just came in on the board is going to try and take over the board and they're going to add people and they're going to make changes and they're going to do xyz and like a, this huge list of things like i'm buying gamestop this is back when gamestop was like 15 bucks a share and he's like i'm putting option calls for like 35 or 40 dollars for the strike price for late January. And at the time, those calls were like pennies. And people kind of laughed and laughed, like, ah, oh, it's really funny, but like, oh, yeah, okay, so maybe. And so that already started to drive the press. But then almost everything he said actually happened. And so as those calls that like these people had, had been purchasing were coming in, like people jumped on and started buying more at the same time as, um, God, what was his name? The the short seller. Several companies basically said, there it is, Andrew Left. I knew his name was Left. Uh, Andrew Left was like, look, this, this company is bullshit. Like, there's no way they can maintain the money to make this a reality. Like, this is all fantasy. There's no way GameStop is going to survive doing what it's doing. And so he started short-selling GameStop. And then a lot of other investors started short-selling GameStop. So now, Andy, you can you can take over where you're at. Well, I, I don't even know what's going on. I, I thought that somebody was going to short it, and then Reddit got pissed off at the guy, and then... Yeah, yeah. Well, because he said, like, hey, the stock is not worth what it's worth. I'm shorting it. Shorting a stock is when you borrow the stock... 
at some price and then you wait for it to go down and then you give it back. That's that's effectively what it is. It's like I borrow stock, I sell the stock, I wait for the price to go down, I buy the stock at a lower price and then return it. Does that make sense? The idea of a short. Yes, yeah. You know, I understand okay. what the short is, yes. Okay. Well, so you had one group who said, no, 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 it should go up to the moon, rocket. And you had another group that was like, this stock is overpriced. And they got into a small war and they caused a short squeeze. And the stock rose 69% in one day. Before the stock exchange halted it due to stock volatility. Yeah. Um, for what it's worth, I agree with the people who are shorting it, and I have some puts. <laughs> no, again, this is not a financial advice podcast. Andy and I are not qualified financial advisors, uh, but I bought some puts. <laughs> I'm like, there's no way, right? There's no way the stock can maintain the level that it's at. Yeah, no. GameStop is the most shorted stock in the market. <laughs> But damn, when that stock was just climbing on, what was that, Thursday or Friday? I think Friday. It was Friday, yeah. Like, damn, man, I I didn't know what to do. Like, I was watching that thing go up and up and up, and I was sad that I had sold my calls. Um, I will say, it made some people an incredible amount of money. No, I don't doubt it. But yeah, so GameStop stock, GameStop stock, there we go is currently sitting at $61. A year ago, it was $4.55. That is an increase of 1,200%. If you had purchased $1 worth of GameStop stock a year ago, you would have $1,000 now, right? No, not $1,000 now. <laughs> Just right? so we know, Dave is not a financial person. Dave is not a financial advisor. Um, I mean, it would have been a, if you'd bought... A thousand, if you bought one dollar, so it's a fifth of a share. Right, because it's percent, thousand percent. It would be ten times that much. So every dollar that you spent a year ago is twelve bucks now. So not up to a thousand, but every one dollar you invested, it's now twelve dollars. That's not bad, right? If you'd invested a thousand dollars, it would be twelve thousand dollars right now. But also don't like this company is don't try to get in on it now. This company is not worth that much money. No, they are in deep, deep trouble. What are they going to do? What do they sell? Do, Do you want some good news? Some nice whole wholesome news. I, I how about this for wholesome news? There is a madam vice president now. That is also quite wholesome. Is it, that it, not like amazing news? No, that is that is amazing news. What do we yeah. what do we call her husband? The second husband, right? Is is it the, the second? second? Well, no, because so it's, it's 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 the first lady, and if it were a woman president, I think it's the first husband in that case. First gentleman. First gentleman. Yeah, there you go. Okay, the, the title of first gentleman may be accorded to a man who is married to the head of state or state government. Okay, Okay. so the second gentleman. Yes. That makes sense, right? Ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Um, I was just going to say that um, Patrick Stewart was able to get his uh, COVID-19 vaccine. Yay! Patrick Stewart is hopefully safe. <laughs> well, that was the first one, right? Yes. He's got to get the second one. Yes. <clears throat> Let's see, what else do we got on here? Oh, other video game news. Let's keep going down the video game stuff here. Yeah. So Microsoft said that they were going to increase the price of Xbox Live Gold. Yes, I did see that. Announced it. Are they increasing anything that comes with it? No. Okay. So it was the one month plan was from 10 to 11. Three month plan was from 25 to 30. The six month plan was going from 40 to 60. Um, But the sudden price increase with, you know, no reasoning behind it. Um. And uh, looks like 10.26 p.m. on Friday, Microsoft said that uh, they were going to backtrack on the price hike by literally saying, we messed up today and you were right to let us know. Okay. Wow. And they, Microsoft said it was going to step further to make up with <clears throat> Xbox users. The company said free-to-play games on Xbox will no longer require an Xbox Live Gold subscription for online play. Wow. <laughs> what the fuck happened? I don't, I guess they tried to drop that news on a Friday, so, you know. And got ripped to shreds? To shreds, you say? (laughs) What about their wife? To To shreds. shreds. 
God, man, I haven't seen Futurama in a in a long time. <clears throat> I, I I've seen all the episodes, and yet I still don't remember. Yeah, all the episodes. It's so weird. Where it's like, yeah, no, I know, I've seen them all. I have them all on DVD, and I've gone through and watched them all. But then you know, I'll catch something on TV, and I'll be like, that's new. I I know it's not new, but it, to me, it's. Very strange. So yeah, so yes, Xbox tried to increase the price on a Friday afternoon, and literally less than twenty four hours after making the announcement, they backtracked and then they went a little bit off and said like, "Wait, we're sorry, we're sorry, it's okay, we're sorry." That was that was quick. Oh, wow, I think that's the fastest backtrack I've seen from Microsoft, like. Ever. Yeah, no, I can't think of anything that quickly. Where it's like, I see that and going, oh, this needs to be a topic. And then literally, like, I, <laughs> I wake up this morning and I look and go, oh, well, now this new story has to be the topic. <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, that's so, good, right? That's that's the market yeah. at work. That's what we want. That's awesome. Um, so the original question people were asking was, why the bump in cost? And some people are guessing it was partially to make the $15 a month Xbox Game Pass a better value. Mm-hmm. Which would make sense, you know, if they're trying to push this Xbox Game Pass. If, you, if you've already got Xbox Live Gold, and your Xbox Live Gold costs more than the Game Pass, then... You know, right? Then, then it's worth the yeah. Huh? Yeah. Interesting. But nope, you don't have to worry about it for right now. Um, Blizzard has assimilated vicarious visions. What is vicarious visions? It was the studio that redid Tony, Tony Hawk. Hawk. Yep. Huh? And what is Blizzard doing with vicarious visions? Uh, working not a very blizzard thing to do right like that's an activision thing to do i'd believe activision doing something like that well vicarious visions was a subsidiary of activision in 2005 right so they were already owned by activision yes but now they are literally getting sucked into blizzard why the studio team of about 200 people will now be fully dedicated to existing blizzard games and initiatives and Um, Bloomberg reported that Vicarious Visions had already been working on the Diablo franchise since last year. Ah, that would be why. Okay. Ooh, that's a little worrisome. Um, Non-Blizzard people working on Diablo seems a little weird. Oh, and they're they're the ones working on the Diablo 2 remake. Also weird. Also, what's with all the remakes? Did we just, like, make such good things in the past that... We can't make better than them now. It's nostalgia. It's a it's a known it's a known quantity. I suppose. Even if it's worse, people are still going to buy it because they they know they what it was. The old the old feeling. Yeah. Okay. I mean, for goodness sakes, how many remakes and movies have we been doing for the past decade? A lot, a lot of them. But then, if you go by what's his name, like, aren't all movies oh, the seven same movie? Yeah, the seven stories or or the hero's journey is what I was thinking. The seven basic plots: man versus nature, man versus self. Oh, uh, let's see. Da, da, da. Uh, overcoming the monster, rags to riches. The Quest, Voyage in Return, Comedy, Tragedy, Rebirth. Uh-huh. So where's Game of Thrones on here? I guess Game of Thrones has a quest, right? That not that Bran's journey and a bunch of tragedy? Which one of these is Star Wars? Uh, overcoming the Monster, if I remember correctly. Is it? I mean, it's also a little of like, I mean, it's literally listed in there as Star Wars, right? But isn't it also a little bit of rags to riches? Poor farm boy Luke becomes like the Jedi Master. Could have just, you know, bits and pieces of it. The quest, the protagonist and companion set out to acquire an important object or get to a location. Yeah. Help me, help me, Juan Kenobi, you're my only hope. Yep. What is the rule of three? Interesting. Oh, okay. Well, fine. I disagree fundamentally. Also, I found another plot hole in Stargate. (laughs) Outside of the one that you noticed this, right off the bat. This is a this is a physical plot hole. I'm only on episode 3, Andy. Okay. 
Actually, I think at the start of episode four. So when they open the gate to a new world. Yes. Right. They send this little like robot through. Right. Yes. So that it can get like, here's the atmosphere. It's breathable, et cetera, et cetera. It's not like crushed and destroyed. Yeah. Yes. How are they transmitting that information back? Radio waves can handle both directions. Why? Because it's not physical matter. Radio waves matter. are light. Bullshit. Radio waves are light. Light is a particle and a wave. There are photons traveling. Information can only go one way. If radio waves can go in both directions, cool. Why can't I shine a light through it? Here's another one. How are they powering this little device? I saw a tether. I saw a cord, right? Yes. So electrons are going in which direction? Wouldn't they immediately build up? People sticking their hands through the gate. The blood is flowing in both directions. You're trying to scientifically nitpick a show. I am, damn it, because it's a sci-fi show where they claim to have hard rules. Whatever, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yep. Just sit down, shut up, eat your popcorn, and enjoy the story with Richard Dean Anderson. I mean, I'm, I actually am enjoying the show. It just bugs me because everyone's like, oh, it's such good sci-fi. It's, it's so, they, they pay attention to physics. I'm like, no, they don't. No, no, they don't. No, they don't. Don't give me that bullshit. Don't try to explain it away. It's the same thing that happens, which actually is accounted for in the goddamn book. It's a book with magic, Andy, when there's a time differential. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's like fractured time. Like, okay, cool. So what happens when I put my hand in it? Oh, my God, my arm just exploded. Why did my arm explode? Because the blood flowing into the time, the differential, got backed up. What's really fun is there's an episode where they accidentally open up a gate Mm -hmm. um, and the planet is getting sucked into a black hole. Yeah. And somehow the time dilation travels backwards through the gate. Okay, see, that shouldn't happen. Or no. Unless the gravitation is going through the gate as well, in which case, congratulations, you opened a black hole under a Cheyenne Mountain. Or, Or no, 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 no. Okay, so it closed and I think they were trying to reopen it. Because they realized what was going on on the planet, and they're trying to leave the planet. And so they opened up the gate to come back, and then, yeah, everything was somehow gravitational, was flowing the wrong direction then. I d- that was a weird episode, too. What's also fun is at some point during the, the shows, you'll notice that when people go through the gate at the beginning, they come out cold. Yep, and sick. And sick. Yeah, that kind of yep. just goes that away. That away by the end of the first episode. That was literally gone. They did it in the first trip. In fact, they didn't do it in the first transition because when the, uh, like, whatever guards, Apophis group comes through the gate in the first place, they aren't cold. They aren't covered in ice. They aren't disoriented. They walk through the gate and start shooting. But then when the humans go through the gate the first time in the episode, they are cold, covered in ice, and disoriented. They even make a big deal that, like, she throws up. It's like, I know this, I'm fine for this, and she gets to the other side and she throws up. And then when they come back, nothing. Go ahead and tell me how people put their hand in the gate and then pull it back out. I just accept it. Oh, and then you wait. There are rules, damn it. Wait, wait until the Ori show up. Uh, I'm gonna be upset, aren't I? (laughs) It's gonna be upset. It's what it's gonna be. The more I think about it, the more bullshit it is. All right, here's, so here's the other question. Have you tried to explain all the stuff in WandaVision? Um, no. <laughs> I have not tried to explain the stuff in WandaVision. What do you think about my spoilers? Um, if you have not seen it, then skip ahead. I don't know how far. You'll <laughs> keep skipping through. Um, what do you think of my commercial theory? Well, there's nine episodes. Yeah. So are they just going to stop the commercial stones? I know. Well, I mean, at some point we real like people realize they're in a TV show, right? I feel like they're getting really close to that. Yeah. Also, if they're doing it at a decade per show, which has been the pattern established so far, nine episodes takes them into 2030. Okay, so they started with Leave It to Beaver and Dick Van Dyke. The 50s. Yeah. Well, no, Dick Van Dyke, I thought thought Dick Van Dyke was 60s. 
the first episode was the 1950s TV. I mean, it might have been Dick Van Dyke and he, he is in the 60s, but like that was modeled after 1950s because episode two, the Bewitched stuff, that was the 60s. Yeah. Episode three is the Brady Bunch. That is the 70s. And Mary Tyler Moore and a couple other things. People far more familiar with classic TV than I have done that um, like level of it, but it it was pretty clearly the seventies. Yes. So episode four is the eighties. Five is the nineties. Six is the noughts. Seven is the teens. Eight is the twenties. That would put episode nine in the thirties. If that pattern continues, now clearly that's not going to happen, right? Like, no. So the patterns that they're establishing aren't necessarily going to go through all nine episodes. Yeah, that's true. Now, did you notice the aspect ratio change again? I did, which caught me by surprise because I didn't see an aspect ratio change at the beginning of the episode. It caught me at the end when it changed when they went back to the real world. And I'm like, wait, when did it shrink? What happened? And then it went to like super widescreen Mm -hmm. at the very end. Yep. Was that the that wasn't the the nine by six. Was that like theater style? It might have been. Which if if you want me to, I I, you know, I was. It took me, I was like, wait a second, I can watch Disney Plus on my computer. Yes, you can. And these episodes show up on, you know, Friday morning at 3 a.m. So I'm like, you know what? I'm, you know, sitting at my desk at work, eating lunch. I'm like, this thing's short enough. I can, I can knock this out. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And people would, somebody would come downstairs. I'm like, I'm eating lunch. I'm on my lunch break. Yeah, what was that final aspect ratio? It didn't feel like a standard widescreen. That felt like movie theater. Also, do you know the spoiler about Geraldine? That um, it's supposed to be... Who she really is? Uh, yeah, the, the one from um, Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, looks like the real world scenes will be 2.35, I think. Oh, episode three starts with the intro into widescreen and transitions to four by three when the first three first scene starts. Ah, but do do you know what I was talking about with um, Agents of Shield though? <laughs> with the commercial with what Agents with of the, Shield? Yeah, no. There was an episode where Coulson was in the framework. He was basically in the the Agents of Shield version of the Matrix. Okay, didn't have his memory. Okay. He was talking about how Hydra was brainwashing everybody with blue soap. Ah. Uh, and so I see so, Hydra blue soap and I'm like, oh my gosh. I don't know if yeah. that's supposed to be it, but now that you brought up, yeah, the thing. I, man, I think so, right? Like, it fits, it fits too nicely. <clears throat> well, part of me, I gotta, I gotta go back and watch the Strucker watch commercial because I know the times, the times always change on the clocks. Yeah, and I'm wondering, like, if I compare the Strucker watches with the uh, the the time stone because the time stone's got that weird, you know, like grids ish pattern over it. Does it? <clears throat> when it's in his amulet, in the eye of Agamotto. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's got like the, the sorcerer's seal around it. If that's what you're talking about that. Yes. Well, looking at it side by side. Mm, okay. Maybe that might be a little bit farther of a stretch. Part of me thinks though, the commercials are, um, uh, Wanda's trying Memories. to remember her past. Yeah. That's, that's come up too, right? Cause Stark would have been the Stark bomb that like mm-hmm. kind of set them off. And then Struker gave them their powers and then they worked for Hydra. Mm-hmm. So we'll have, we got another week to wait. So, oh, <clears throat> shoot. <laughs> we... Yep. We got to wait. I yep. mean, that's welcome back to, uh, you know, broadcast television. Yep. Um, we're running short on time, so there's two things that I oh, want to talk about. Okay, yep. Uh, the first is the Raspberry Pi Pico, which to me just sounds like Raspberry Pi literally shooting into the face of Adreno. <clears throat> Arduino. Arduino. Yeah. They're like, hey, look, we made a microcontroller too. Ta-da! Four dollars. That's cheap. That's ridiculously cheap. What's the cheapest Arduino? Uh, let's see, Arduino products here we go uh let's see probably the <laughs> nano or the micro maybe i'll be the nano. arduino one 
<clears throat> the Nano is $20. Micro is $20. $20 sounds about right. So this is cheap. Yeah. Like, this is real cheap. And it's on their own chip, too. <clears throat> so With a GPIO. Is, yep. 26 GPIO pins, micro USB port, temperature sensor, 264 kilobits of RAM. Or sorry, kilobytes of RAM. Enough to run small projects. Mm-hmm. Like, real small projects. Man, if I can... Part of me just wants to get one of these things, too, but I've got the other... I'm literally staring Why? at Why? For what, Andy? You know how many old pieces of equipment I have at work? Yeah. I mean, I don't, but love it. Things that don't have any sort of interface. I see. That could be, you know, put on a network, but have has it has a lot of analog <laughs> measurements. I see. Places so I can definitely... An analog to digital converter? Yes. There's there's for plenty... Of, plus programming? Yeah. Plus power, right? You have to power it in some way. Yes, yeah, which probably is through the micro USB port. Yeah. <clears throat> Five volts DC, man. Magic supply. Pick those things up at the dollar store like nobody's business. Yeah, if you don't mind them blowing up from time to time. The micro USBs from the dollar store aren't going to be shielded. They're not going to have any sort of resistance. They're just, they're... I started watching the Electro Boom YouTube channel. This guy is fantastic. I think I know who you're talking about with that one. Am I subscribed to his thing? I think so. Oh, it's that guy. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep. Already subscribed. He's. Hol- I find him hilarious. So speaking of the internet... Uh, Biden has named the acting FCC uh, chairman, or ah. sorry, chairwoman. Ooh, is it who I think it is? Who do you think it is? Uh, it's the one that was still there, who has been there for a while, and was like against everything Biden. Well, there's two ladies name? who were doing Shit. that. Uh, yeah, well, um, the vocal one. Uh, hmm. N- 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 Yes. All right. This is the one I thought it was. I just okay. looked at the, the Rosen Morsel. Yes, because Clyburn is also very yes. vocal. <laughs> yeah. I've, shoot. Uh, cool. So. Hey, POTUS designated me acting chairwoman for the FCC because she needs to be nominated, not uh, confirmed or what? Well, she's already on the board. Right. So. So um, how is that just acting chair? <laughs> Um, How often well, until she can, till she just like undoes the the ban on net neutrality? Well, right now it's a two two split, thanks to the God Republican. Damn it. They need to right because they, the fucking like rushed confirmation. Yep, because of course they did. So Schumer's got to get his act together. Which you know McConnell is trying to get him to basically put down in writing that he will not get rid of the filibuster. Right. Which. I wouldn't put that down in writing, be like, okay, well, you know, I will verbally agree to say, hey, well, let's just keep everything the way it was the last time the Senate was a 50-50 split. And if you do what you did last time, which I assume you're going to do because you did it last time, then, then, you know, all bets are off. Right. Because, like, he's just going to filibuster everything. Literally everything. It will be like he's still in as the, the majority leader. Holy shit. Like, just, guys, just get this shit done. Make Puerto Rico a state. Make D.C. a state. And then it's not a 50-50 split. But the Republicans were already complaining that D.C. is not diverse enough to be a state. What? Yeah, the guy from Wyoming was saying that D.C. What? The guy from fucking Wyoming? Yes. The senator from Wyoming was complaining against the D.C. statehood. Uh, Claiming that D.C. wasn't diverse enough? Yeah, I'm trying to find his, uh, let's see if I can find his um, quotes. He was talking about how um, working class state, it's a well-rounded working class state. That's Wyoming. D.C. is not well-rounded. It only has... Um, uh, what? Yeah. Wyoming what? is smaller than Washington by population, but it has three times as many workers in mining, logging, and construction, and ten times as many workers in manufacturing. In other words, Wyoming is a well-rounded working state. I mean, you could easily turn it around and be like, Washington has more lawyers, uh, service people, and restaurateurs. I bet you there are more restaurants in the city of Washington, D.C. than in the state of Wyoming. 
Um, what vital industries, he asked, will the new D.C. state provide the nation? Lobbying? Bureaucracy? Give me a break. Why does a state need to provide vital industry? <laughs> what vital industry does Mississippi give us? I, I don't know. <clears throat> <sighs> what an asshole. <laughs> what a fucking asshole. All right. We should probably hit the randoms. <laughs> Before Dave goes off. Fucking asshole, man. What the hell? How can you claim that Wyoming is more goddamn diverse than Washington, D.C.? Uh, my review. Yes. I watched a TV show. <laughs> that wasn't WandaVision? That wasn't WandaVision and wasn't Stargate SG-1. I watched in the last week. Now, that's this is big for me, Andy. I don't binge shows. Like, very rarely do I binge a TV show. It has to be really gripping or like bite-sized chunks for me to be willing to sit there and watch show after show after show after show. Okay. I watched She-Ra and the Princesses of Power season one in two sittings. Now, granted, it's only like 12 episodes, but I still watched all of it in two sittings. Ah, uh, it is a good show. It is is a good show. It, I, I say that Full disclosure, I think My Little Pony Friendship is Magic is a good show. So if you disagree with Matt, disagree with me on that, you, you might not like She-Ra Princess of Power. Princesses of Power. Uh, but it's a pretty good show. It's it's cute. It's got, like, some deep characters with, like, actual adult themes. It's got some crappy, like, ah-ha-ha, one-dimensional characters, too. Um but, like, it's a pretty fun time. I enjoyed it a lot. I am recommending it to people. I had minor issues with some plot elements, but, you know, it's a cartoon show. It's not pretending to be hard science or science fiction like other shows that I've been watching. That's it. Short, short review. I'm, I'm looking at the descriptions on this thing here, and I'm just, hmm. Which descriptions? Well, I'm reading the the Wikipedia article. Ah, I mean, it is Shira from from the 1980s. Yeah, remade. Speaking of remakes, <laughs> I why are they remaking the all these shows? Well, hang hey, on, look at this remake. On. It's great. Wait, time out. I cannot call nostalgia on this one. I never watched Shira. I barely watched He Man. I might have seen like an episode of He Man. Like it was done by the time I was like on television. <laughs> so this is not a nostalgia grab for me. Okay, this is an aside, but this is still something that I remember. I went to uh, Ann Arbor, had an improv comedy club. Okay. At some point. Yes. And back when we could do that sort of thing. Yeah. I went there and, you know, somebody had, you know, asked for a location and somebody for the location gave out Castle Skull, <laughs> And like all the guys up on there just were just like, they, they all understood. And there was a couple of the, the female people up there were just like, Castle what? Castle Skull what? And like, yeah, they just had to like lean over and kind of explain to them what was going on. It's He-Man. What's He-Man? Oh my God. Yep. Those times in improv where you're just like, you just, yes, you say yes to everything, but sometimes you just want to go, no. Uh, not that. Not that. <laughs> Sorry, that's every time somebody talks about He-Man, I just think of the time. It's like, Give me a location. Castle Grayskull. Well, if I have time, I'll watch this. It's short. I'll watch an episode. I mean, yeah, 20, 24 minutes an episode. Mm-hmm. Plus, yeah, you know, short. credits. Which are skippable. Yep. God, I'm going to turn into the people I despise watching Netflix at work. Yeah. All right. Random topic. Yes. Random topic. Rolled ahead of time. What makes a Christmas movie a Christmas movie? Do we have time for this? <laughs> Are you sure you don't want to rule another top? Like, this is a discussion, Andy. Um, do, do you think we could go for eight minutes and then just call it at that point? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know how long this is going to last. Because the, the, this this stemmed from um, an earlier discussion <laughs> I was having. Yep. Where um, somebody, you know, the, the classic thing, classic argument people have been having, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Right. And then I took it one step over 
and said, is Iron Man 3 a Christmas movie? Right. Now, I do like Mark's response to that, that Iron Man 3 is a Christmas-adjacent movie. Yes. I think that is a good category to have on hand. I mean, there's there's a there is a clear Christmas movie, right? Like, yes. Christmas is a central theme to the movie. Yes. So all the like Santa movies, Miracle on 34th, like that, those are Christmas movies. Home Alone, right? Well, Home Alone is starting to slide away from it. Yeah, I was going to say it. He could just be Home Alone. But like I I miss my family because it's Christmas is a big part of that. Uh And if Home Alone 1 is only Christmas adjacent, surely Home Alone 2 is Is more Christmas than Home Alone 1. Because of the the toy store? Yeah, it's it's all about like things that are happening for Christmas in New York City. Uh, no, I'm I'm saying that Home Alone. That's a that's a Christmas adjacent movie. He could have been could have been Memorial Day weekend. Could have been Fourth of July. But like he's asking at the end of the movie for his family for Christmas. Could have been his he's birthday. Like, All I want for Christmas is my family. Like, come on, come on. Could have been could have been his birthday. All I want for my birthday is my family back. Okay, Christmas adjacent. <laughs> but like strong. So I think like, Christmas adjacent, as, as Mark said, is a spectrum. And I think yes. Home Alone is strongly on the Christmas side of the Christmas adjacent. Where does Gremlins fall? Weren't they a Christmas present? But again, could that have just been a birthday present? If you're going to make the claim that it could just be a birthday for Home Alone, then anything that is present-based is now shifted out of Christmas. Okay. Now, for for me, the thing that makes Gremlins a Christmas movie is uh, the, the girl's story about her dad and, like, why she hates Christmas. So what what for you, by the way, we're going to go way over eight minutes. Uh, what for you determines a Christmas movie? Where is your line? Well, if it's Santa Claus, that's that's definitely a Christmas movie. If Santa is involved in some way. Yes. Hmm. OK, go on. If hmm, going to try and say, you know, try and figure out, you know, outside of Santa Claus, what makes a Christmas movie a Christmas movie, especially since I'm already going down the fact that, you know, Christmas presents could just be presents. Yep. So your definition of Christmas movie is a Santa Claus movie. For it, that's is a Christmas carol, a Christmas movie. Ooh, because there's nothing like really Christmas related in it. Well, outside I mean, of- other than it takes place on Christmas and it's like using Christmas as a vehicle to show you Scrooge's uh, selfishness. And, you know, the title is literally a Christmas carol. Well, then it's OK. So, yeah. Then what about planes, trains and automobiles? I don't know the plot of planes, trains and automobiles. What about It's a Wonderful Life? Yeah, that's. That is um, another classic Christmas movie, Andy. Yeah. No mention of Santa Claus. Nope. Laura is asking, what about Frosty? Frosty the Snowman? Oh. Yep. I swear Santa Claus It's a little bit of Christmas magic in that hat. What about Nightmare Before Christmas? Oh, that one's that. Ooh, because then you got Halloween and Christmas together. Mm. I mean, it's a movie about cultural appropriation. (laughs) literally is it's a fantastic movie about cultural appropriation and like how there's a good way to do it and a bad way to do it not a good way to appropriate culture but like a good way to celebrate others cultures (laughs) i don't know andy your your um criteria here seems to be falling apart it's it's one of those things. How is A Christmas Carol a Christmas movie, whereas Die Hard is No, not. no, I'm saying A Christmas Carol doesn't have to be a Christmas movie. Then how the hell is it A Christmas Carol? It's Christmas adjacent. In the same way that a sub-sandwich is sandwich adjacent. <laughs> no, A Christmas Carol is not Christmas adjacent. It's a core element that it is Christmas. Yes, but it doesn't need to be Christmas. It never needs to be Christmas. I could make a Santa Claus movie that doesn't take place at Christmas. 
You are conflating the idea of Santa Claus with Christmas. Well, what is Christmas then? Now we're getting very philosophical. (laughs) What is Christmas? It's a goddamn holiday, Andy. If you could replace it with any other holiday, it doesn't have to be. But you can't, Andy. (laughs) Believe me, as a Jew, you can't. (laughs) As someone who has spent year after year after year on Christmas Day, growing up and wondering, where the hell are all my friends? Why can't I'm off of school and everyone is busy? Hum. You can't. So you're telling me a Christmas carol has to be a Christmas movie. The whole point is that Christmas, now I don't necessarily agree that this is a good thing, Christmas is a time of giving. It is a time of generosity. It is a time where you are supposed to be thinking about other people. It's not a holiday about getting presents, Andy. Did you not watch any Christmas movies? Have you learned nothing, sir? Why do you need a Jew to tell you the meaning of Christmas? I feel like that's a Christmas (laughs) movie plot right there. But what if we don't set it at Christmas? need a Jew to tell me the real reason behind Veterans Day. Also, go watch, um, uh, shoot, The Hebrew Hammer. The what? The Hebrew Hammer. Whoa, that's an actual movie. Okay. Yes, it's a black exploitation movie. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's that's that's a thing. Oh my goodness. Yep. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Something worth watching. But in, by the end of it, a Jew tells the son of Santa Claus the meaning of Christmas. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's a Andy go watch it. Like I know you don't have time to watch anything, but go watch this movie. Oh my goodness. <clears throat> Could I just say that it's it's I'll know it when I see it. Can I use the Supreme Court argument on that no, one? No, no, you can't. The rant, This is why I said, do we want to get into this? The random topic is what defines a Christmas tree. You wrote the goddamn random topic. <laughs> so we're saying it has to be, what makes a Christmas movie a Christmas movie? Is it set at Christmas time and it goes over some theme of Christmas or, or some some Christmas morality needs to be central to the plot i could get behind that so is trading spaces a christmas movie oh man that's one i haven't seen in a while it's a good movie (laughs) frozen orange juice every time i frozen orange juice frozen concentrated orange juice just replace that with gamestop stock and it fits together quite nicely Well, that's, you know, I don't, well, actually, I don't know if Trading Places would have, I'm trying to think what the moral of Trading Places is. Uh, Trading Spaces, right? Trading Places is a different movie. I thought Trading Spaces was the... The Eddie Murphy... Oh, Trading Trading Places is the movie. Trading Spaces is that TLC show. Okay. Trading Places, though. Yes. Yes. Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy. Yes. Trading Places is the movie. Trading Spaces is the Yeah, okay. So Trading Places, I mean, it's it's a commentary about greed and capitalism and cheating. God, I can't believe that was Eddie Murphy's second movie. Eddie Murphy's second movie, really? That's it? Really? Damn. He did great in that. He must have already been doing stand-up, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, like, he, he knew what he was doing. He was doing stand-up in the late 70s. John Landis. There we go. And he had he had the golden touch. He had a lot of good movies. <clears throat> oh my god, he did Three Amigos. <clears throat> All right, so... We okay. don't have a definition. That's that's what I'm going to do. Is it's around... Right? It, it, it deals with some morality or theme of Christmas as the okay. central plot point. Okay, so Laura's comment... Um, Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July. Is that a Christmas movie? Is Elf a Christmas movie? Well, since, you know, Santa is an overarching theme of Christmas, Santa and his underlings, therefore, Santa, this, the Santa myth is, you know, one of the key components to modern Christmas. <laughs> so, so, yeah, you have Santa, you have the elves, you have the reindeer. So you're, you're, you're only a couple of, you're still in that Santos, Santos mythos. 
The Santa Mythos? Yes, the Santa Mythos. Sure. All right, all right, hang on. So let's come back. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Uh, no. Takes place at Christmas. Yes, but is what's what's the Christmas theme? I don't of, know. I actually of, never watched Die Hard. That's a wrap, everybody. <laughs> this has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Thank you.